sometimes it's hard to tell the night from day. Still that hope that lies within is reassured. As I keep my eyes up on the distant shore, I know He'll lead me safely to that blessed place He has prepared. But even the storms don't see. And if the winds keep on blowing in my life, my soul has been taken in the Lord. Though the storms keep on raging in my life, and sometimes it's hard to tell the night from day. within is reassured. As I keep my eyes upon the distant shore, I know He'll lead me safely to that blessed place He has prepared. But if the storm
church say praise the Lord? Can the church say amen? Can the saints say hallelujah? My soul has been anchored in the Lord. Oh, bless the name of Jesus today. Truly our God is awesome. He can do great things. He has done great things. Truly I'm glad about it. We give honor to God today in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank him for his amazing grace. How he has brought us to this very hour. Thank God for Brother Nehemiah leading us in devotion this morning. And for the men singing on the choir, amen. For Eric and David and for all of you who are here today. Thank God for your presence. And we pray that you've been blessed already by the worship experience. Haven't you been blessed already? Amen. amen. We bless the name of the Lord. This morning I invite your attention to... Our themes, passages of scripture again, Isaiah 40. Isaiah 40, uh, beginning begin reading at verses 1 through 5. When you find it, say amen. amen. Isaiah 40, in verse 1, we read, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. It reads, Comfort, yes, comfort my people, says your God. Speak comfort to Jerusalem and cry out to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned. She has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted. Every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed and our flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A New Testament passage of Scripture, we'll look at the Gospel of St. John. John chapter 5. We're going to begin reading at verse 1. John's Gospel, chapter 5. We're going to begin reading at verse 1. When you find it, say amen. John 5, verses 1 through 9, we read. <clears throat> After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. And whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now, a certain man there was there who had an infirmity 38 years. And Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition a long time. He said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. This morning, from these passages of scripture, I want to share with us briefly from the subject, the Christian experience, Lord, help me to move. The Christian experience, Lord, help me to move. Let us pray. Gracious God, our Father, we pause this morning to bless your holy name. As the angels cry, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with your glory. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. 
Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with your glory. And we come to glorify you today. We've come to worship you, Lord. We've come to bless your holy name. Father, we worship you in song. We worship you in prayer. Now we come to worship you in the sharing of your word today. We pray, oh Lord, that your word might go forth, that your people might hear and understand and be blessed. And I pray that you would bless me, your servant, Lord, and I would share your word. Your word might go forth, that you might do what you promised, Lord. You said your word would not return to you void. Bless your word today. Let it be food to our souls. As the psalmist said, let it hide in our hearts that we might not sin against you. Bless us today. Bless those who aren't here. Bless all the mothers today, Lord. We know, Lord, that mothers are a gift that come from you, Lord. We just want to say thank you today. Thank you for all the many blessings that you have bestowed upon us through our mothers, Lord. We pray today that you will just return that blessing to them. Now have your way today. Rule and super rule. And we're so careful to thank you. But we thank you right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, the strong name of Jesus, the saving name of Jesus, we pray. And every heart said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Our supper today is the Christian experience. And Lord, help me to move. When we consider this theme, and we've been on this theme for a while, the Christian experience, I know certain thoughts come to mind. And I'm sure those of us who have grown up in the church, you know, we, it causes us to think about many things that we've, that's happened in our lives. Growing up, the places that we have gone, the people that we've met, the things that we've done, and particularly on, on Mother's Day. And I know many of us are reflecting on our mothers and how they've been so instrumental in our lives. And, you know, I, I often think about my mother, particularly on Mother's Day and the other days when we had to get up early to go to church. Sometime mom would come in and she would, you know, break into the room and start singing, you know, rise and shine, give God the glory. And, and sometimes if it, was, if it was in the summertime, you know, as, it, as it's brighter in the morning, you know, in the wintertime, it's kind of dark. But she would break open the, 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 the blinds and the, and the curtains and the sun would shine into the room. And sometimes she was like, let the sun shine in. She would still be singing to kind of get us to wake up in the morning. And uh, after she would you know, wake us up and leave out and go back to get doing what she, whatever she was doing. Uh, we knew that, you know, after she had stopped singing, that if she had to come back in there, she wasn't going to come in singing the second time. Amen, somebody. Because it was time to get up in the morning. It was time for us to move. And she said, she would say sometimes, do I have to help you to move? She had something that she could help us move with if we weren't already moving. Amen. Our supper this morning is the Christian experience. Lord, help me to move. And I want to realize that God has what we need to make that move in life. And as we've talked many times about God's plan for our life. See, God don't want us to be in the same place, stuck in life. He says in Isaiah 40, comfort, yes, comfort my people, says your God. Speak comfort to Jerusalem and cry out to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned. She has received from the Lord's hand double for all our sins. See, God did not want us to be stuck in our sins. He wants us to be free from the law. The Bible says he set us free from the law of sin and death. He's come that we might have life and have it more abundantly. He says, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. See, God, he wants us to be moving forward in life. Like this highway that he wants us to be walking on. He says, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. For every valley shall be exalted, 
Every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight. And the rough places smooth. See, God didn't intend for things to always be in our way in life. The things, that, the mountains that get in our way. He wants to move those mountains. The valleys that sometimes we get stuck in because of depression and misery and strife. He wants to lift us out of those valleys. The crooked places as we go through life, he wants to make them straight. And the rough places, he wants to make them smooth. Because God wants to show us off. He wants his glory to be revealed in our lives. He wants to shine on us and that reflecting, reflecting his glory, the kind of God that he is. He can save us and deliver us and bring us out of darkness into that marvelous light. We're talking about God saying, Lord, help me to move. The Christian experience, Lord, help me to move. And God wants us to move today. He wants us to move forward in life. Not always looking backwards, stuck in the past, but enable us to move forward. So we can be right where he wants us to be. Today we're talking about the Christian experience. Lord, help me to move. In our New Testament passage of scripture today in John's gospel, John chapter 5, as we continue to move throughout this gospel, and I pray that you're being blessed as we understand more and more about Jesus Christ and how he wants us to live because he wants us to believe that not, he was not just a man born of a woman, but he was God himself, God in the flesh, Coming so that we can see his example, his living example, so that we might have a right to the tree of life. We know what John 3.16 says, what? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. That's what God wants for you and I. That we might have everlasting life because we're not going to live here forever. One day we want to move on up a little higher. Move where God has a place for us in his eternal kingdom. And today in this passage of scripture, there are three things in John's gospel, chapter five, that I want to understand where God wants to help us to move. And this is a very familiar story. It's the story of the man who who was at the pool of Bethesda. He had been there for 38 long years. That's a long time to, to be sick, a long time to have trouble. But God wants to help us to move. And the first thing I want us to see in this passage of scripture today is that there are three things that we need to understand that we need to help, that the Lord to help us to move forward. The first thing I want us to see today in John 5 is that we want to be in the right place. We want to be in the right place. John chapter 5 and verse 1 says, After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there in Jerusalem by the sheep gate, a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. And whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well for whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity, 30 Eight years. We're talking today about being in the right place. And I want us to understand that in this Christian experience, we need to be in the right place in life. And so many times we think that being in the right place is merely being at church on Sunday. Between the hours of you know, 11 and 1. But I want us to realize that the Christian experience is so much more than that. When we see the children of Israel in this passage of scripture, it was the time of the feast. And in the Jewish religion, the feast time was a very important time. Where people from all over, all over uh, the Middle East would come to Jerusalem to celebrate their particular feast. 
And it was nothing wrong with them, you know, being in wherever they were. But they wanted to be where God told them to be at a particular feast time. And it was a time of celebration, a time of honoring the word of God. He had told them way back in the Old Testament to honor him by keeping these particular feasts. So they wanted to be in the right place. And so Jesus went to Jerusalem. And he, he I guess you could say, he came to church on Mother's Day. Amen. They wanted to be in the right place at the right time. And this is the time where Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem to celebrate, to be uh, obedient to the, to the plan that God had for the children of Israel. It says, now in, in Jerusalem, there was a certain place called Bethesda, a place of five porches. When I looked at the word Bethesda, it said it is the place of grace. It's the house of grace. And I want to realize that the house of God or wherever God wants you to be is a place where you experience his grace. You experience his mercy. That's what we need in our lives. If there was a time where we need God's mercy and grace, it is now. With all the trouble in the world, all the unrest in the world, we need to be in a place where we experience the grace and the mercy of God. So we find in this place, the pool of Bethesda, there were many people who had problems. Now, is there anybody that have any problems? You may not have these particular problems, but we all have some trouble and some problems in our lives. And it said here that in these lay, on these five porches, it says a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. And see, you may not be blind, you may not be sick or lame, but you got some trouble or, or trouble in your life that you need God to help you with. You need to know where the place of God's grace and mercy is so you can find the help you need in the time of need, in your time of trouble. And I want to say we need to be in the right place. And we find that these people were there waiting for the moving of the water. For it says an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well, whatever disease he had. It says, now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. And I want to say to, to believers today that we want to always be in the right place. Whatever our sickness is, whatever our trouble is, we need to know where the place of grace is and, and get there. And if you have to stay there, stay there until your sickness or your trouble has been healed. Some people are ashamed of their troubles, ashamed of their problems, so they, they go somewhere else. They go to the places of trouble. They hang out in the strip club and in the party, party places. But I want us to hang out where Jesus is going to be in the place of God's grace and mercy. We can find the help that we need. The scripture says come boldly to the throne of grace. You can obtain mercy and find grace to help you in the time of need. That's what we need to be. Don't always be going to the wrong places to find the help you need. But find yourself in the house of God's grace and mercy. And this man, he said he had an infirmity for 38 years. That's a long time to have a trouble, to have a problem. And I think, you know, it's interesting that this man, he stayed there. Even though he probably could have went back to home or had somebody carry him home. But he decided he wanted to stay in the place of grace. Where he knew that he had hope of being healed. Hope of turning his life around. Hope that maybe, maybe by chance that he would be able to get into that pool 
and find healing. And it is said that the pool of Bethesda was a place where the water was basically a collection of rainwater. That wherever the rain came from, it all was led into this pool. And the angel would come in and stir that water. And you know, standing water is not good water. But it's something about when God is in the place. Things can change. He can, take, he can turn anything upside down and turn it all around and make it good. And when the angel came and troubled the water, the first person that got in was made whole. So we need to be, to be able to find ourselves in the right place. Let's look at Psalm number 122. It's a very familiar psalm, and many of us know it by heart. But it says in Psalm number 122, it says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is built as a city that is compact together. Where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, to the testimony of Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. For thrones are set there for judgment, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Peace be within your walls, prosperity within your palaces. For the sake of my brethren and companions, I will now say peace be within you. Because of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. See, that's what happens when we approach the house of God. We find everything that we need. And the one thing we need in this world more than anything else is the peace of God. Knowing that our heart has been made right with God. No matter what else is going on in the world, when we make it to the house of God, we find the source of everything that we need. And we ought to be glad to come to the house of God, to the place, to the right place, to the place of God's mercy and the place of God's grace. We're talking about the Christian experience. Lord, help me to move. We need to find ourselves in the right place. The second thing I want to say today in this passage of Scripture is that we, we may be impotent but hopeful. Yeah. Impotent but hopeful. Let's look again at John 5, beginning at verse 6. It says, when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. See, this man was impotent. And I looked at the word impotent. It said impotent meant powerless, lacking physical strength, vigor, or ineffectual. He didn't have the power to do what he wanted to do. And you can say that he was, he was weak. He was vulnerable. He was broken. And I want to say to those of us today who may be in here under the sound of my voice that you want to understand today that if you feel powerless, if you feel broken, make sure that you stay in the right place till the healer comes along. And keep hope alive and believing that, that the God I serve is able, even though I may not be able, but my God is able. This man was powerless. He had an infirmity. He was impotent. He didn't have the power. He didn't have the strength. He didn't have the vigor to get up for himself. But one thing he had that other people may not have had, he had hope. Believing that somehow, some way, I'm going to get my foot in that pool for the first time. And I'm going to be made well. But it already had been 38 years. But he still remained hopeful. 
And see, 38 years is longer than I've been alive. Now, tomorrow I turn 38. I thought that was pretty ironic. But, but imagine being impotent for 38 years. Longer than I've been in the world, but he still remained hopeful. And I want to say to you today that if you feel powerless, if you feel like you can't make it, hold on to hope that one day, somehow, somewhere, I may not know how right now, but I'm going to remain hopeful. He was impotent, but he was hopeful. He was powerless. But he was hopeful. He didn't have strength, but he was hopeful. He had the strength that comes from having hope. And as Jesse Jackson used to say, keep hope alive. I want us to keep hope alive, church. No matter how dark it may look, no matter how long it has been, no matter who is stepping over you and going around you, keep hope alive. Our subject today is the Christian experience. Lord, help me to move. Because I come to realize in my Christian journey that there have been times when I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how I was going to get out of it. But I remain hopeful. And even the things that I'm still fighting and dealing with, I want us to know that we can still have hope. If you don't have the answer, have hope. If you don't know the solution, have hope. If you don't know the right person to call, then have hope. Because this brother had been there for so long that people was, he said, were stepping over him. He said, the sick man answered him, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. See, the thing is that he didn't stop coming, saints. He did not stop going into the right place. He didn't stop being in the right place. He still had, even though he was asking for help, people didn't help him. And I want us to know as believers, just because you're a Christian don't mean that somebody's going to always be there to help you. Sometimes the very person you think should be helping you is going to step right on over you. Some will bump you out of the way to get what you've been waiting for all this time. But I want us to keep on holding on to hope. Even when we don't have the power ourselves. The trust that somewhere God has the answer that I've been looking for. We're talking today about the Christian experience. Lord, help me to move. And notice that he did not answer Jesus' question. Jesus asked him when he saw him lying there, do you want to be made well? And I believe that this brother was so, so, so emotionally down, so depressed, so worried with the weight and the cares of this life that he didn't even know how to ask for help. He just said, Lord, the people who, 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 who could help me, they just step right on, right on over me. They just moved me out of the way and beat me to the pool. And some of us feel like our lives are just like that. You've been waiting on something, waiting on somebody to give you an answer. Seems like, you know, your phone don't ring. But I want us to hold on to hope, believing that God will answer our prayer. We're talking about the Christian experience. Lord, help me to move. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 6. See, I want us to keep on holding on to God's unchanging hand. And to believe that he'll give us the answer that we're looking for. Hebrews 6, beginning at verse 10, says, For God is not unjust to forget your work 
and labor of love, which you have shown toward his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. See, we as children of God, we don't always have to ask for, for, for things because it's already ours. See, an inheritance is not something you got to beg for. You don't have to fight for an inheritance too much. All you have to do is wait for it because your name is already in probate. Your name is already in the will. Your name has already been signed and documented. So you just have to wait and inherit the promise. Don't give up hope because it's already yours. And there are things that are yours and mine that we haven't put our hands on yet. But if we hold on to hope in God, we will receive them. And I want to encourage us today to ask God to, to, to lead us and guide us so that we can be in the right place. That when our name is called, that we'll be there. We want to be in the right place at the right time to receive what God has in store for us. And he says, for God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love. See, all the things that you've done before, all the time in your life, God's the one writing them down. Your friends and neighbors might forget. But God will not forget. One song where it says, God is not forgot. God is not forgot. So keep on believing in him and trust that he knows exactly where you are and what you've been going through. And he says here, and we desire that each one of you show the same diligence. See, diligence is the word that, that, that describes always being there, working hard, pushing, striving, leaning. Moving forward. In other words, don't give up early. How sad it would be for someone to say, well, you know, I made it to the 11th grade, but now I'm going to quit school. That's a sad thing to know someone who get all the way to the 12th grade and say, well, I'm going to quit now. They almost made it. But don't allow your diligence to stop before you receive what's yours. So it says, with full assurance of hope until the end. So don't give up until the end comes. If it's not over yet, then keep on holding on to hope. We're talking about the Christian experience. Lord, help me to move. Impotent but hopeful. Keep hope alive, church. We're talking about the Christian experience. The third thing and the last thing in this message today I want us to think about is immediate change. Immediate change. Let's look at uh, verses 8 and 9. It says, after Jesus had asked him, do you want to be made well? And he began to tell him about his story. Jesus said in verse 8, Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. And that day was a Sabbath. See, when God gets involved in your situation, no matter how long it's been, no matter how much you've been through, no matter who stepped over you, Jesus is still able to bring about immediate change. That's what we need to hope for in our, in our troubles, in our trials, when the burdens we carry seem to be too long and too much. I want us to know that God is still able to bring about immediate change if we would only look to him, only cry out to him, only, as the Sunday school said this morning, pick our whole soul to him, pour out your soul to God. And he'll bring about the immediate change that you're looking for. 
if you only look to him. And he said, look what Jesus did. Jesus didn't wait for him to give the answer because he knew that he had been going through a long time. And, you know, what I love about Jesus is that he knows how much we can take. And he said in another place, he won't bring no more temptation than you are able to bear. And he will, with the very temptation, make a way of escape. You know, one of the things I'm finding out as a believer is that the things that I'm going through are, are designed to push me through. The trials that I'm in are designed to push me out. And I want to realize that the trouble that you're in, don't always complain because I know we get burdened, we complain. But that, that very thing is a source of your blessing. This is a source of your anointing, the source of your power in life. Because what? You will have a story to tell somebody about how you made it over. We're talking about the Christian experience. Lord, help me to move. Help me to hold on, to, to believe that whatever I'm in, that I'm going to make it through that. Because if God can bring you to it, he can bring you through it. We're talking about the Christian experience. Lord, help me to move. And what I see here is that Jesus didn't waste any more time. He said, rise, take up your bed, and walk. And you know, I didn't think he, I think that man looked at Jesus like, what did he just say? And he started moving. All of a sudden, his impetus became power. And he took up his, his, his bed and he even realized that I do have the power. I do have what it takes. I can take up my bed and walk. And he took up his bed and he walked. And the scripture says, and that day was the Sabbath. See, God can blow your mind. He can do what, what nobody else could ever do. And we know the Jewish, they don't believe in working on the Sabbath day. But when Jesus say, rise, take up your bed and walk, by golly, grab that bed, take it up and start moving. Because it's time to move when Jesus say move. He wants you to take up your bed and walk. Get up from where you are and start moving. Because he has given you the power to move forward. And as I was researching this particular passage of scripture, I, I, I saw that, you know, there are many people who, in theology, who didn't believe that this story was true. Who did not believe that an angel would come down and trouble water and someone would step in and be made whole. So some versions of the Bible have left this particular portion out. But in my study, I learned that there's a chapel, a church that is built there called the Church of St. Anne. And in the 1800s, the late 1800s, they were, they were rebuilding this, this particular building. They were making some improvements. And in that building, while they were working on it, there was an image on the wall. And the image on the wall was the image of an angel troubling the water. And I want us to believe today that no matter what other people say, to trust and believe that what God has for you is for you. And he's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Turn with me to Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1 through 3. A very familiar passage of scripture. And it says in Habakkuk 2, many of us know it by heart. But it says, I will stand my watch. I will set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me. And what I will answer when I'm corrected. Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision. And make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. By the end it will speak, and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. Now I want to understand that God can bring about immediate change. 
And even though those people way back in the 1800s may not have believed this story, because whatever the Bible says is true. But they, in their own setting, in the, in the church of St. Anna, there's an image on the wall of this angel coming down and troubling the water. And it, I believe that was written there so that somebody might believe the word of God. And I want to say to you and I today that if you're going through trials and tribulations and burdens and you don't know how you're going to make it through, then I, would, I challenge you today to start writing your own vision. Write what you want God to do for you. If you have to write it down with some crayons, write it down somewhere. Scribe it, inscribe it somewhere. If you can't write on the wall, you know, mom used to keep us from writing on the wall because she didn't want us to, to mess up her beautiful wall. But write it on a piece of paper somewhere. Write it under your hat. Write it somewhere to make a vision so you can tell God what you need him to do for you. Because one day it's going to happen. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, Jesus said he's going to come back. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. So I want you to know that he's going to come back for you to deliver you out of your trouble. To have you move forward in life. Believe that God is able to help you to move in a moment. Immediate change can happen in your life and mine. If we would only keep believing in him, to hold on to our hope in him, knowing that God is able to help us to move. I pray you understood the message today as we stand together. The Christian experience, Lord, help me to move.